everybody. Welcome back to The Undiscovered You, a podcast for people who feel like they have so much more to offer, but are somehow stuck where they are. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnston, and this season, we're talking all about playing the hand you've been dealt. I'm extremely excited to have Elodie Atias with me today. Elodie is a documentary producer. She's a coach. She helps people develop body and heart intelligence. She's an artist. She's creating a one-woman show. She's working on screenplays. She is pretty much doing everything. Elodie, welcome. Thank you so much for, for this moment. I'm very excited too. So I hear immediately that there's an accent there. Can you tell me a bit about where you're from originally? Yeah, I'm French. I'm from Paris. I have Italian origins, but I was born in Paris and raised in Paris. And you mentioned to me before the show that you're actually living in LA now. So I think this qualifies as our longest distance podcast to date. So I'd love for you to just take a second to explain to our listeners a little bit about being a coach that helps people to discover their body and heart intelligence. That's something I'm not terribly familiar with. Could, could you share a bit more about that? Of course. So the heart intelligence, it's uh, all about the emotion that you can collect a lot of information, precious information when you accept and you, you allow yourself to feel your emotions. There's so much learning. You can learn your needs that are not satisfied. So this is the heart intelligence and the body intelligence. It's all about the senses, how to connect with your senses, how to connect with your intuition to really help yourself not only use your rational mind, but your whole body that really holds so many highly personalized information for yourself. And this sounds like such a kind of intimate way to coach somebody. I mean, how, how did this become something for you? How did you develop this? Where, where did this come from? I think I was meant to do that. And I'm going to explain you why. I was saved by my senses. I was saved by my intuition. I wouldn't be alive today talking with you now if I hadn't followed my intuition in the first place. So let me explain to you. Um, in 2004, I um, applied for the green card lottery. I was going to do an MBA in finance in Milan. So I was not, I didn't have the, the, the dream yet to be in the States, but I heard about that lottery and I thought, oh, it's funny, there is a lottery. And I felt instantly, instantly um, an impulse of joy. And all my friends were telling me, but why do you want to have a green card and apply to this lottery? You're going to do a two years MBA in Milan, in Italy. And I, I remember I said, I feel it. I feel it. I want to apply. So I applied. And six months after I was in Milan, I received a call and said, oh, you want the green card lottery? <laughs> And I, so I had to do a lot of administrative, you know, paperwork. So, and I remember I told my mother and I said, if I won this lottery, there must be something behind. I need to do everything. I need to continue the process. So I continued the process. I filled everything by myself. I didn't hire any lawyer. I didn't have time for that. And, um, and then a few months after they told me, yes, you got the green card. So now your final step before getting it and uh, going to the embassy to get the green card you have to do a um, medical checkup you know because they're scared you could bring contagious illnesses in the states and you know so um, i had to do a blood test and a chest x-ray x-ray okay. 
Yeah, I remember it was Valentine's Day. <laughs> I was single and, uh, and I had organized, prepared a, a dinner with all my friends. And uh, at 6 p.m., um, I go to see the doctor and I do this chest X-ray. And the doctor said, uh, I think we're going to do it again. And I said, I have no time. I have a dinner at home. I need to cook the dessert. You know, I was, um, and I did everything that you asked me. I said, let's do it again. And then uh, he did it again and he said, I see something, something, something weird on one of your ribs. I'm not anxious, you know, I'm not a very optimistic person, realistic, but optimistic. I say, okay, I'll do the next exam tomorrow. I have a dinner. The day after I do an MRI and they found out I had a, a bone cancer, a tumor on my ribs. So, so, uh, the, so the green card saved my life. The lottery saved my life because I wouldn't have discovered it. So I had to plan. Uh, I was living in Milan at the time. I had to go back to Paris. The doctor gave me two weeks. He said it's touching the um, the, the lungs. It's almost touching the lungs. We it, it had the size of a pear pear, and uh, he said we have you have to start your chemotherapy uh, in two weeks right away. And uh, yes, yeah, so I was, of course, it was a shock, but I also told myself, I mean, without the lottery, you won the lottery. Without this lottery you may not have discovered it and it would have been too late. So my intuition, this impulse of joy that I had in the moment when I applied to this lottery, I connect to that moment so often now when I take my decision because when I, there's um, an idea, vision, a thoughts out of the blue that come in my life, I pay attention to it because it saved me one, you know, it saved me in, in my past. So I think, um, and this is also, this gives me, a lot of joy to help people to connect to their senses. It can really save you, put you on your path, most authentic path. You discover so much about yourself and you allow yourself to be different. And we're meant to be different, to be, of course, helping each other, understanding each other, but also bringing those differences, those unique talents into the world. So, um, so the heart and the body intelligence, I think it's, uh, it's also why I'm doing that now. I think I was... Uh, I was meant to do that. That's so interesting. So on the podcast, we talk a lot about trying to find, you know, that inner desire, that passion, that thing that, that drives you. What are those drivers that you have? And what's interesting is, you know, there are exercises that we do as executive coaches to help people find their drivers, to find their passions. But this added layer is really interesting around that kind of Where's the emotion? Where's the heart? And so tell me a bit about that. What can you share, kind of share a little tidbit with our listeners around what do they need to be paying attention to? What's the type of thing you help to coach people to recognize? I think what comes in my mind now, it's, it's the trigger. Embrace the trigger. Embrace all the stimulus because those are gifts, a blessing. So whenever you're reacting or when you're about to react, just pause for an instant. Just detach yourself from the stimulus. It's, it requires habit, new habit, because we were not raised, we were not taught that. So I know it requires so much work. That's why connecting to your inner silence, meditating, uh, posing, you know, relaxing, helps you develop this ability to detach yourself from trigger. And when there is a trigger, just question yourself. Why? Why am I triggered now? Where do I feel the emotion in my body? What is present? You know, question really helps you gain a lot of wisdom. 
And so once you ask yourself those questions, okay, where am I feeling this emotion in my body now? Where am I triggered? Uh, is there, what is the learning behind that? You open doors of infinite possibilities, solution, and you become much more creative for yourself and you, and you realize that you're not a victim. And that's uh, the best advice uh, I heard in my life. You are not a victim. You create your reality. And I'm able to say that. And I had a bone cancer. I had chemotherapy for a year. I divorced. I changed career. I changed country. And I'm still thinking I'm not a victim, even if I suffer. And, and also, I can say, honestly, I was also born with not the possibility to be able to be a mother and because I was born with no, with no eggs. And with all of that, I'm still thinking I'm not a victim. So if it if I'm if I if it's my philosophy, my belief, you know, and so this is I think what I want to share. That's incredible. So I was gonna take you back to that time. So you're in Milan and you're doing an MBA and you're on a trajectory. So what what were you what was your plan? What was your job? What were you planning on doing with that MBA? So um, I think I was planning to be to work uh, in my family business. So in the fashion industry, we were sourcing agencies. So we manufacture clothes for many brands around the world. So, um, so my grandfather created the, built the company. Then my father developed it. My twin sister was working in the company. So I think I was, I, I had two passion at the time. So acting and also business. Business was more like my family, you know, background, all my friends. That's why I did finance, MBA. But at the same time, I know I loved, uh, I was an artist, but I didn't allow myself to really accept it and embrace it. And to them, I'm, like in a month, I will be doing a one-woman show. But at the same time, uh, I'm coaching, but it's the same thing. In my one-woman show, it's all about coaching, but in another way, you know, really using humor. To, you know, to and humor is also a tool, as you were asking me before. Like a little tip, humor helps you detach from any trigger. And we were, we were, we have the the possibility to be funny to use humor. The human being was born with this ability, so let's use it. Let's not forget it because it's here for a reason. So I was, I was planning to. So after my cancer, I went to work in a, my family business. For seven years at the same time I was doing a musical school you know I was still always very torn always very torn and um and I, I'm I got I was married and at some point I think it was eight nine years ago I said I told myself the life I created this is not my life it doesn't resonate with me so I decided to to leave everything to the family business I divorced and I and I left also my country and I, wow. went, and I went to the States and I realized this is my, this is my home. I, it, it saved my life. America saved my life. I feel creative here. I can allow myself to be free. So I decided to start again my life in the States. How amazing. And, you know, this whole season's about playing the hand you're dealt. And I think it's really interesting that at the time when you got the cancer diagnosis, you went back, but actually that's not the trigger that caused you to change everything. So what was it? Like what happened along the line that actually you just stepped back and you said, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it feels like you were doing things out of obligation as opposed to doing what you wanted. Is that, is that a correct kind of? 
uh, I don't know if it's obligation. I think it was more about safety. What you okay. think it's safe for you. Because, uh, and you said it very well, after the cancer, maybe you could think, oh, okay, it's time now. You want, But no, I, I think I was still controlling and I was scared and I wanted safety and I was still caught in the mind and time, you know, concept like, oh, I lost my time for a year. All my friends are getting married. You know, I didn't, I was not yet aware and conscious and, and, um, in touch with myself, with my true self. So I think I created safety in my life. And I was lucky because I had a wonderful husband and it, it made me feel safe. Uh, I, I started to work in the family business. It made me feel safe. <laughs> but after, after eight years, I remember my ex-husband now told me, you're a sunshine with everyone and normally, and I feel you're, you're gray now, you know? And I say, you're right. I think I'm losing my light. I don't feel the joy and I'm very joyful. So when I'm not, it means there's something to understand. I have a learning behind that. So I embrace it. I say, okay, I have, I've lost my, my light now. There's something I need to understand. Maybe I need to make an adjustment. It could be a small adjustment. You know, it doesn't have to be, you change your whole life, you know? For me, it was necessary, but this is not, this I want to tell people, when you feel you're losing your light, there's just maybe a, a little adjustment to do. Maybe a need in the moment of being recognized, a need of being honored, a need of being respected is not satisfied. So how, what can you do to bring back that in your life? How can you express yourself? How can you align your action to this new thought that you have? So, um, so after yeah, a few years, I realized I had everything, had created everything I thought would be perfect for me. And, and still, I was not happy. And you know, and I, I, and I was very grateful of what I had, but, but at the same time, I was like losing completely my joy and my light. So, and then I, I told myself, Elodie, you didn't survive a bone cancer. You were not saved by the lottery, not to feel alive in your life. So then I had to take a um, tough decision because, you know, uh, leaving the family business and, uh, and my ex-husband, we had a lot of love for him, but I knew I was not where I was supposed to be. So it's not that, oh, uh, I had a bad marriage, not at all. So it's, it's even more complicated because you just have to rely on your senses, on, on, on this feeling, you know? But I made that choice. I made that choice and this is how I live my life now. And I, I, I really trust myself. And just, you know, full disclosure, full honesty, you know, this sounds like the type of thing where, you know, some could see it as quite selfish. Some could see it as you're making a selfish decision to go do this. And what were the repercussions in terms of your relationship with your husband and with your family? And have you had to deal with the consequences of those actions or were they quite accepting of this? Oh, my family, they were oh, very, very accepting. They, they know me, they accepted right away, uh, right away. They, they understood me. They could see me. They could sense me. And, and my, my father said, I want you to be happy. You try, you don't want to work in the family business. It's okay, find your, find your own way, find your own path. So I was very supported by my friends, my family. And um, it, had worked, it, it had worked once when they all told me, why do you apply for the lottery? Now, you know, now they say, okay, follow your instinct. You know how to take care of yourself. It saved you once. So no, they were very supportive. And of course, it was hard, uh, the divorce. I had a lot, of, very sad. I felt guilty. 
And um, so it's not easy separation or not easy, necessary sometimes, but not easy. But I knew it was, I was not only doing bad for me, I was doing bad also for my ex-husband. Yeah. I think in a way I knew it because I think uh, everyone deserved to be, um, to have a relationship, someone very present, you know, uh, enthusiastic. So um, I never really consider myself selfish and I never had anyone telling me that, mm. but I knew I had caused some, some pain. Mm. So, and this I learned from it. I said, okay, you have to be fully present, fully connected to your senses, not to cause more pain mm. because I was responsible for the pain and the suffering that I had created. So maybe it's, maybe you, you can put a label and say it's selfish, but it's more about being aware of your action learning from them and not repeating them hmm. so the choice that i have goosebumps actually now the choice that i make now of course i will make a mistake again because i will always have learnings to 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 make so i'm making mistake i'm sure but i'm trying every decision that i make to really be present to connect with my body to connect with my heart and to ask myself is it right in the moment and something I'd like to add, it's not because the experience is bad that you were not right at the beginning. Because sometimes your intuition takes you to a situation for you to learn something. And sometimes we learn the hard way because yeah. uh, we want to control. Sometimes we're so stubborn. So we need like a, to be shaked, you know? I don't know how to say that, but to, to be triggered to really understand and to being brought back on your path. So your intuition, it's not about, oh, my intuition will help me create oh, a beautiful, uh, you know. Uh, of course, this, those learning will take you to your bliss. I do believe that. Slowly, step by step, more joy, more empathy for yourself, empathy for others, more abundance. You know, this is the goal of this life coming here. But, but sometimes your intuition takes you to a situation that is going to be hard to give you the opportunity to learn. Yeah. And if you don't learn, it's going to repeat itself. And I'm still experiencing that in my life. Sometimes when I see a station that comes back and it's the same pattern, I said, okay, <laughs> okay, why should I, why did, do I need to learn now again? Why, why did I not learn in the past, you know? So mm -hmm. I accept, I flow, I flow with, with this life like that. And I think it's interesting because, well, you know, I, I, I use that label, as you say, around selfishness. It's also, you know, it would staying in the relationship have also been selfish in a way because actually you are doing that for someone else. So it's not really it's, it's selflessness, but it's almost selfishness in terms of yeah. trying to appease yourself by appeasing everybody else. So it is I think it's I think it's really interesting in that, in that way that the way that you talk about how intuition can lead you down a path which will also potentially cause hurt or, or, or may cause pain or, you know, may cause you to learn something. But with the hurt, with the pain, with the joy, learn something from that. Yes. And I think that's that's really beautiful. And and two more things I'd like to add if we have some time. <laughs> and uh, it, it, it leads you to, when you say pain, suffering, it leads you to emotion. And this is what I was telling you at the beginning. Those emotions will help you learn. And why sometimes we stay in a situation? Because we were not taught that change is part of our life. Change is evolving. Imagine you say that to a kid now, change is evolving. 
So then you, you don't sacrifice yourself. You know, you know it's part of life and everybody knows it's part of life. So you're grateful for the time with a, imagine with a partner, with a friendship. You're grateful for that. You, you, you wish the best for the other person and you just accept that, okay, now uh, you know how we are taking different paths, but it, the, the, it doesn't mean like you have to sacrifice yourself. You have to reject the person. You have to judge the person. You have to judge yourself, you know? And uh, I think it's... Um, it's all about a lot of empathy for ourselves, empathy for others, honesty, and less judgments. Hmm. And I guess another question is, where does regret come in in all this? In terms of the way that you, you've developed this kind of attachment with your emotions and understanding of kind of how to recognize them and deal with them, is there regret? Does that, does that at all come in? Uh, when I hear regret, <clears throat> for me, it's more about like, Yes, you're right. Forgiving myself sometimes for, for not opening my heart at the right time and maybe losing the opportunity to be fully happy because maybe I was scared or sometimes in the past I tend to uh, maybe re- to protect myself, to create more separation. And, and so I regret some situation that, you know, I, instead of opening my heart, showing my feelings, my vulnerability, I really, uh, I close myself. So this is something I'm working on now, actually, not to do that anymore. Each time I feel hurt, not to like uh, uh, isolate myself, reject the other person, instead of just saying what I feel and expressing myself truly. And this is something I'm working on. And uh, in the past, I was not the best at that. Interesting. So it's almost like regret is similar to going down, following your intuition down a road that actually might lead to that kind of pain. It's almost like a learning for you. So using regret as a learning for the future, as opposed to sitting with regret and having regret guide your future. No, no. I always, always see a possibility for learning in every situation. And when I get the learning, I feel so much joy. Mm. And, I, and this is also what I, I, would, I would like to tell the world. You can find joy in learning. You can find joy in those situations that, that are hard. I experience it. So embracing fully all the emotions, sadness, you know, suffering. And at the same time, a lot of joy and enthusiasm for life, for learning, for the next step, for what I can create now with those new learnings. And I'm getting closer to really my, my dream life. And it's possible. So I made, I made that choice. I made that choice for myself. I don't give up. <laughs> and do you have a very clear understanding of what that dream life is? Or is that something that's evolving? Is it something that isn't tangible? Like we talk a lot about kind of thinking about where you want to go, um, what you want to do. Do you have a very clear view of that for yourself? I think, as you said, it's evolving. The more I know myself, the more my desire evolved too. But the, I have a desire to, to impact, of course, more to open people's hearts and to help people trust themselves and also learn how to relax in the nothing. You know, there's so much. And uh, the desire to create more moments of joy with the people I love, the family, you know, uh, my family. So... Um, impacting learning you know having a partner next to me that we share 
was learning together, we grow together, we communicate. So this is also a dream, of course, that I have. And um, yeah, impacting and uh, doing what I'm supposed to do here. Bring, you know, contribute, uh, bring, uh, discover really what makes me unique more and more so I can bring that and, um, and collaborate with people. So um, let's say that. <laughs> yeah, and we talk, I mean, on this podcast, we have an entire season that's dedicated to the authentic you. And what I think is really interesting is in your story, what I, I kind of feel like is you were, you were living in a way that wasn't your authentic self. And that once that almost that recognition came, you just immediately were like, I need to do something different. Something's got to change. And you did a really drastic change in your life. And I think that's something when we you know we, we I, I talk this whole season's about playing the hand you were dealt. And again, you were dealt this this green card. Um, and off the back of that, you've written a screenplay as well about your story. Is that right? Yes, exactly. <clears throat> exactly. I wrote a book. Um, in French called uh, La Carte Chance, the lucky card in English, lucky card. And I wrote a screenplay called The Lottery Girl. <laughs> the Lottery Girl. <laughs> and now the, screen, the script is ready and, um, and I'm about, about to do to the next step, uh, finding the producer and like uh, bringing it to life. So yes, this is what I did when I came first in the States. Um, I, did, uh, I wrote my screenplay. Fantastic. And, and I think it's just interesting how you know, that was the, that was the card you were dealt and you were actually dealt a literal card, a green card that completely changed your life. But then as we talked about before, it took some time for you to recognize, actually, I'm not being my authentic self. I'm not, you know, connecting with myself. And what was it that kind of sparked this whole journey towards that connection with your body and heart? Was this something you've always had? Was this something that's been innate with you since you were a child? Or when, when do you think this sort of developed? I think it came to me uh, naturally. I was always questioning myself. I remember having this conversation about life with my mother and my, my father. Um, but when I came in the States and, I, and you know, we've like, I had, what do I do now? <laughs> what do I do? I left everything. What do I do? Before knowing I, want, I was going to write my screenplay. Um, I just realized that my passion was to yeah, coach people, but I didn't know it was coaching, you know? I was doing naturally. And so people say, I want you to coach me. I said, what? <laughs> this is like, and I realized my passion was really human consciousness and digging every second of my life. This is what I do. It's like really, again, more understanding and uh, uh, caring, uh, protecting my energy, like really connecting my, with the energy. And, uh, and I don't know, it's really, it was very natural for me. So now it's, I breathe through that. I meditate one hour per day. I learn. Uh, I, I learned so much, you know, and I thought like, you know, once you do your studies, it's okay, you, it's, you're done, you don't learn, you know, that's actually an enemy of learning, like you feel, you know, and now I keep learning all the time. Like uh, it's, it really came to me, how I can explain that I'm, it's, uh, it's my passion, evolving. I love to, <laughs> to share with people. I'm always very enthusiastic when I learn something and, and I'm very much into details, I have to say, as I told you before. I like to share my, my learnings to my family, to my surrounding, my family, my friends, the epiphany that I had, the new perspective. I love talking about that. So what gives me joy, I do feel it's what I'm supposed to do. So, and this is my, my passion, you know, consciousness, the evolution of human being creating a you know new ways of thinking of living 
even if you know I was always maybe the black sheep as you said in my family doing uh, new ideas but today uh, my family sees sees what I what, you know and trust me even if I bring new ideas at home I say I want to do that I feel I'm supposed to do that it's new because I mean it's new ways of living and um, but they support me they encourage me now and I think that's one of the big things that is unique in your story that other people might not have is that amazing support of your family and that understanding. And uh, do you think that came because you survived the cancer or do you think it would have been there even if that hadn't happened? It would have been there. That's it would amazing. have been there. This yeah. is a, you know, I, this is something that I had, <laughs> maybe my soul chose a wonderful family. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, Maybe I, I'm not able to be a to have my own uh, kid. I can, you know, because I, I had a cancer, a divorce. But, but I, okay, at least I have a, I had a beautiful family, which is a lot, yeah. which is a lot. So, um, and I'm so grateful every day for my family, for my friends, for the people that I attract in my life. It's, um, it's so many blessings. So when sometimes in the past I felt okay. Why, you know, because it happened. Even if I feel I'm not a victim, sometimes I feel, okay, why why all of that for me? <laughs> okay, cancer, no eggs, uh, divorcing, change country, you know, like, <laughs> oh, it's a lot. A lot. It's a lot, but, um, but uh, I had the strength and the will, and I knew I had the free will also to change focus. And I said, look at what you have. Look at your family that is here, your twin sister, like it's um, your friends, the quality of your friends. And, uh, and always it helped me so much change my focus. This is real and this is true. It's not like, oh, think of the five things that you're grateful for. I mean, it's working. This is the, it's work, the, the tool that is free at any moment that we have. You can, even if you don't have a family, you can focus on the food that you have. When you have food, you know, when you were so blessed, the water, you know, that I have in the morning, I can have a shower. So every day in the shower, I say, thank you. Thank you. So I'm blessed. I'm blessed. And do you ever coach people who may be coming from a very different perspective, who have kind of destructive families, who may not be supportive of them, connecting with their emotions, may not be supportive of them, following their dreams, finding their passions, and actually, you know, they need them to work need, I'm putting that in, in quotation marks, they need them to work in the family business, they, you know, need them to be successful, they need that kind of, how, how do you help people? Do you have anything? So if we have listeners who are listening, who are saying, Elodie, that's fantastic. You know, I, I know you've had a rough ride, but you have a supportive family. And that in itself has allowed you the freedom to do this. Do you have any advice for them in terms of how they can they can kind of get over that or deal with that or embrace that? Yes, first of all, I I do feel we have to honor what we feel and what we think first. And it's okay, you know, it's not about coaching, it's not about giving advice changing the person it's about i think what I, uh, in in my coaching it's all about helping the person being a better observer of their thoughts of what is happening that's the first step so usually the people that come to me they're they're willing to become better observers because if you want to generate new results in your life you have to detach yourself and become observer of your thoughts and realize that your thoughts create action and action create results 
So I think it's all about the will uh, to become better observer of what is happening without judging, embracing the feelings, embracing the dark, embracing the resistance, you know, and then observe and, uh, and then so many, so many tools, you know, to, to help you create new results in your life. So people that are ready, I think, that are thinking, okay, what I did in the past is not working for me. This is what I did for myself. Okay, this didn't work for you. I think, you, and also myself, I had a lot of coach that are helping me on the way, you know, just becoming better observer because I cannot do that for myself alone. So um, I think those are the people that I'm helping, the person I'm helping, and I love to help and also rebalancing all the feminine and masculine principle in their life. So uh, the sense of action, uh, setting boundaries, uh, having confidence, all the masculine principle that, that we have and empathy, creativity, intuition, softness, purpose of the feminine. And I have a twin sister. It's actually funny because I was more, I was, we were both unbalanced, let's say. I was more connected to my feminine principle and she was more connected to the sense of authority. She has no difficulty in expressing herself. So this is also, I think, very necessary to help you create to really the life she wants. And, and learning both, is that what you're saying? So getting, getting touch both, with learning, and learning both. Bring the balance. Yes. Wherever you're, yeah, exactly. Wherever you're a man or a woman, bringing the balance, mm. I think is also the key. I love that. Um, and the, just one final thing before we go to our last two questions. So you've also created something that's a digital platform currently called Heartworkers. You said that's a name that may may change. But tell me a little bit about this digital platform and what that is. So, so with my business partner, Aurélie, um, she's also French, we started to create those online courses. First, we started to do workshop and then online courses about like uh, empathy, observation, intuition, visualization, you know, how to connect, as I said before, your heart and body intelligence. And now we're creating this digital platform app, you know, to, um, yeah, to bring uh, uh, those uh, content platform in a unique way to more people. So we are like uh, in, now in the stage to, uh, to create that, uh, that new company. Okay. Is that available yet or it's No, it's not available yet. Okay. It's not available yet. It's, uh, it's on the way. Okay. And for now it's called the hard workers. And um, yes. That hard we, workers. we, we'll keep uh, our listeners updated. And when yes. that launches, we will let them know because that sounds yes. like a fabulous app and a great way for people to connect with it. If they're kind of having a bit of difficulty conceptualizing it, it sounds like it's a really great way for them to be able to access the content. Yeah, and feel safe. And once you will enter this universe that will be beautiful, um, you will feel like, oh, you can just relax, be with yourself, feel, you know? And this is really what... Uh, what we want to bring to people, help you feel, trust yourself and relax. Love it. So we have two final questions before I let you go. And the first question is, um, so this is called The Undiscovered You. The podcast is called The Undiscovered You. And I always ask each of my guests, what have you discovered about yourself along the way? So along this journey that you've had um, with all these various cards that you have been dealt, what have you discovered about yourself? Mm. In addition to everything that I said, <laughs> add something that might be new. Um, what comes now in my mind is like, I realize I accepted myself and all the limited belief that I had 
And I realized it was not my thoughts. So many things came from my education, my country, my culture, my family, the people. And it was, uh, there was nothing wrong with me. And this is something I realized recently because I was judging myself. Why am I reacting this way? Why am I like that? But when I realized that my limited belief came also from maybe my ancestor, my grandparents, my, my, my grandmothers who maybe didn't allow themselves to really build the life they wanted for themselves because they were sacrificing themselves. My mother, I realized this is, you have the possibility to, to, to break those patterns, to transmute them. It's not all your faults. So this is what I want to tell people. There's nothing wrong about us. There's nothing wrong. So, and we have the possibility to, to change, you know, to transmute those energies within us. And, and this is what we're here for, even if it's hard. So I think this is one thing I wanted to add. I love it. So kind of recognizing those patterns of behavior that may have been something that have been handed down to you, either through education or family or, you know, through through your background, through the country you come from, and recognizing that actually you don't have to live that way. You can break that and you can live yeah. in a different way. That's and great. there's nothing wrong. There's no no need to judge ourselves for what what we what we do we do the best we can depending on the suffering that we had depending on so many things so it's about acceptance you know of ourselves that's lovely love and uh the final question is what's the best piece of advice you've ever received or given something you've read what's the best piece of advice you've ever heard Mm. be content with what you have contentment I think is a undervalued underestimated <laughs> just to be content with what you have now and uh, and use your energy be aware of a powerful tool that you have your energy and this energy if you use it if you visualize your dream what you want to create you can manifest quicker what you want So be aware of your energy. It's all about also the senses, of course, but the energy, how you feel and use it. It's here. You can use it. Raise your energy, find your own tool, create your own toolbox with what, when you feel done, what makes you, what can you bring back your uh, higher energy in your life? What can, and, and do it and then visualize your dream, your desire when your energy is high. You'll see you can manifest more, more easily what you want. The imagination is the capacity to produce images. So use your imagination more. I love that. And, and the contentment with where you are now, I think society very much tells us that we are not worthy. We are need to be skinnier. We need to be richer. We need to have more stuff. And that is the constant message that we get from advertising. It's the constant message we get from social media. It's the Mm -hmm. constant message we get at work in terms of progress, you know, and climbing up the chain and all the rest of it. And I think it's really interesting to recognize that actually finding contentment where you are is so important. And I would add to that, you have no idea if you have a tomorrow, you know, you don't know if you're going to wake up in the morning. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And so if you're not content today, when are you going to be content? Yeah, exactly. 
and and when when it happens again it happens to all of us when you catch yourself comparing yourself just i know it requires will and it's not easy but just okay tell yourself from comparison to contentment from comparison to contentment like a mantra you know okay i'm i'm comparing myself now i'm content you know just have Find your own little tool that makes you happy and that, you know, bring back the sense of play, you know, even when you say it and uh, that will help, that will help. Yeah. And I, I always, I use the phrase that the comparison game is a game that no one wins. You can never mm -hmm. win that game. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I thought that I love that you said earlier was bringing humor in. And it's something that you're taught actually as a parenting skill as well as when your kids are completely falling apart, do something really silly. And mm -hmm. it makes it breaks that that breaks that chain and it actually makes them laugh. And then they kind of come out of their upsetness. And it's it's do the same thing for yourself. It's it's, you know, use that humor, use that joy and find those things that energize you. You know, we call it in executive coaching, we call it your energizing strengths. Yes. So what is it that brings you energy? What is it that when you mm -hmm. do it, you feel like you're in flow, you're on fire, you're focused, you're loving it and pay attention to those things and do more of that. And then yes. recognize the things that deplete you. And it may be something that you're really, really good at. You know, for instance, if you were incredibly intelligent, you had gotten your MBA, you went back to the business and you were really good at running the business and drumming up new business and thinking about, you know, this area and that area, and you're really good at it, but actually it just depletes you just yes. because, just because you're good at it doesn't mean it's your passion, doesn't mean you have to do it. And I think that's one of those things that is a life changing mind shift you can have is just because you're good at it doesn't mean you have to do it yes exactly yeah. you know i'm surprised you know i want to say surprise yourself i'm surprising myself that i'm doing this one woman show i'm surprising a lot of people <laughs> <You know? laughs> and like teaching, like it's all about coaching talking about consciousness talking about so many other things that, and on stage uh, but with humor i mean i'm surprising myself <laughs> are you really doing that you know just it's about developing this relationship with yourself. Don't wait for other people to surprise you. Of course, welcome that. Allow yourself to receive from others, but surprise yourself. Surprise, make yourself um, laugh with yourself. I laugh with myself alone. I mean, but this is, I'm grateful because this is um, something I was born with that. So it helps. It's natural for me. So I recognize that uh, it's helpful. That's fabulous. Oh, Elodie, I've learned so much today. And I just love your perspective in terms of getting in touch with yourself and, and really, you know, getting in tune with that kind of body and heart intelligence is something we don't often think about. We don't talk about, we don't hear about, you know, we hear a lot about meditation, quiet time, those types of things. But I think just actually that recognition of that emotion, that recognition of what's happening in your body. And thank you for sharing your story with us. And thank you for coming on today. And you, you know, so yes, and please do um, let us know when this launches. So yes. we'd love to hear when Heartworkers launches. And I know yes. that there's lots of listeners who'd be interested in in getting getting involved in that. So Thank thanks so much, much for your time today. Yeah, it was a wonderful moment. Thank you for listening to me. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to find out more about body and heart intelligence coaching, please check out theheartworkers.com. Alternatively, you can find Elodie on E-L-O-D-I-E-A-T-I-A-S.com. You can also pick up a copy of her book, The Lucky Card, on Amazon. Please join me next week when I speak to Sam Owo, all about playing the hand that she's been dealt. 
Don't forget to subscribe and follow, like and comment below. And I hope that you're one step closer to discovering the undiscovered you. Thank you.